Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. We are hungry beings. We were made by God to be hungry. Desire, eros, desire, is innate to our very being as we were made by God. We, we naturally seek satiation. There is within each one of us a longing for fullness. Our desire and our hunger is satisfied in the most primal way by eating and drinking. You can't get any more primal or basic than that. We are hungry and so we eat. We are thirsty and so we drink. God gave us this world for food. He gave us the whole world for food that we might eat and live. Although, remember, there was a little restriction. We couldn't eat everything. It was one little thing we weren't supposed to eat. But aside from that one restriction, the whole world was laid out as a banquet for man that he might take and eat. And through eating he might give thanks and he would live. Not just live biologically, but really live. That he might commune with God, that he might taste of the goodness of the Lord, that he might have the knowledge of God through his eating. Well, we all know the tragic story. After the great sin, everything changed. Now on this side of the great sin, we still need to eat to live as a practical matter. If we don't eat, we die biologically. And yet, men are fools because we think that food gives us life. We think that if we eat, we will live and we'll be satiated. But men are fools because he fails to recognize the obvious. We eat and we don't live. We eat and we die. Every one of us. The life-sustaining food, quote-unquote life-sustaining food we eat, does not keep us alive. It's dead. It rots, we eat it, and we die, and we rot. Just like everything else in this corrupt world. We eat and we do not live. And we are not satisfied. In fact, we were made sick. All those sweet-smelling, delectable foods that we enjoy, you give them a few minutes, not long at all, just a little time, and they begin to stink. I just got my first tomato. I got home from the Parish Life Conference, and... I was so happy to get my first tomato. The woman delivered it to me in my office. She said, look, she came bearing the first tomato, and she turned it over, and it was rotten. It was such a letdown. But there was another one that wasn't rotten. Have you ever smelled rotting tomatoes? They're pretty nasty. Our banquet of life that God provided, it's turned into an offensive stench. 
Since the time that our first parents turned food, a gift of God, into a little God, an idolatrous God, our relationship with food, to this very day, I think it's gotten worse than ever, not better. That once little God of food has grown into a a great idol that seems to fill the whole earth. The food God gave man originally brought happiness and joy. Food was an instrument of satiation. It brought fullness to our lives. It brought rest. Food still fills us, but now instead it bloats us. It makes us fat. It makes us full, yes, but it makes us sick. And it leaves us with disappointment. And we just keep eating and eating, thinking that eventually we'll get enough in us. That eventually we'll be satisfied, but we never are. So we just take a pill to counter the ill effects of food so we can eat some more. When our first parents ate at the banquet in paradise, they experienced the pleasure. The pleasure of intimacy with God. That sweet fellowship. They tasted of the divine life. They communed with God. But now, when we come together to eat, seeking fellowship, there is what? Fighting, discord. Food becomes an opportunity in our world to steal, rather. To grasp for greed. To take from someone else. We fight even over where we will sit at the table. Instead of communing in peace, Food and eating together becomes an opportunity to murder one another in our hearts. God made man to be hungry. And God prepared a banquet for man. He gave man the world as food, a sacrament of his own life. That man might eat and give thanks. And by eating with thanksgiving, he might live. That he might live, that he might have intimacy with God. And that man might commune and share life one with another. But food has been made into a god, an idol, and therefore a source of death and corruption. It bloats, it makes sick, it rots, it rots us. It no longer fosters communion, rather lust, greed, theft. Our banquets become an occasion not for love, but for oppression of the poor and weak. The food that God gave has become a curse. A rotting, stinking death to mankind. And we grasp at it in a frenzy. Shoveling it in. Just go to uh, Golden Corral's buffet. You'll see what I mean. Shoveling it in. I think they set the tables at a little bit higher height so you don't even have to bend over. You just shovel it right off the plate into your mouth. Shoveling the food in, hoping it will make us live. Hoping it will satisfy us. And it never does. In the next, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Can't leave you there. That would be awfully depressing. No, no, we need not despair. <laughs> God has not forsaken us, He has not left us destitute. He has provided another banquet, another meal, true food, true drink. This food that He has given us which has always been the real food. Everything else was a type and a shadow. This food comes down from heaven. It does not rot. It does not make sick. It truly satisfies our every longing and desire. It satiates. 
It fills us with joy. It heals and brings us together, all of us together in sweet communion. The food God provides. He didn't have his, I don't know if there are chef angels up there in some heavenly test kitchen or something. But that's not where this food comes from. It doesn't come from some heavenly kitchen where his angels prepared it and sent it down. No, the food we eat that gives us life, it is the bread of immortality. It is God's own flesh and his own blood. God has given us himself to eat. Not metaphorically, really. God became flesh so that so that he might suffer and die and be raised from the dead and so that he might give us his very flesh as bread that we might take and eat that we might drink him into our very bodies and selves this is real we are not Gnostics we are not seeking a disembodied ethereal Existence. If you haven't noticed, you are earth people. He became flesh, and you receive his flesh and his blood. And he said, if you do not, you have no part in me. We eat the flesh of God who became man for us in the womb of the blessed Virgin Mary. That is the scandalous proclamation that we make. And especially on this day when we celebrate the feast of Corpus Christi. Man's desire to be eat and be satisfied is now fulfilled. And this is our great joy. God with us. Jesus Christ made man, made flesh and blood. St. Paul says the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? But we must not come to this banquet table presumptuously. Without being prepared, we must come with fear and trepidation, preparing our hearts as best we can, because this food too can make us sick. Not because it is corrupt like the food of the world, but because we are corrupt. Dead food rots and rots us, but living fire burns dead chaff, and his flesh is fire. It is a fire that illumines, cleanses, and destroys everything that would prevent us from the holiness of the living God. If the Eucharist, today we come, we come on this day of the resurrection, we come to constitute the church, to receive the body and blood of Christ above all else, and receiving, offering ourselves in this oblation at the altar, God gives us back the flesh of his son, the blood of his son, we remember his death in this. We enter into his death and his resurrection through this banquet, this meal. We come. Sometimes we come and we just, you know, we're just going through the motions. We don't know what's going on. We don't have a vision. We don't see. We're thinking about other things. Our minds are wandering. Just kind of here. In a daze. Without joy. Without tears. Without fear. Well, if that's you, don't feel too bad. That's probably most of us, most of the time. But I beg you, I beg you, realize something. 
you are not seeing clearly. Just know that. It's okay. Say, uh, my heart's callous. My heart is hard as a stone. I see nothing. I have no tears. St. Simeon, the theologian, said, you shouldn't even be in this building without tears streaming down your face. He never approached the chalice without weeping. How many of us weep? We don't weep. I don't weep. It's because my heart is hard. It's not because this isn't real. I assure you, there is fire in that chalice. You just don't see it. Because we love the world. There are angels about. I assure you, there are angels about. But we do not see. We must say to ourselves, I have not seen the truth. I have faith that it is there. You have faith that it is there, I presume, or most of you would not be here this morning. You could just stay home and stay in bed. But we know we don't see clearly because we love the world too much. And yet we press on. We press on. Let's not give up, brothers and sisters. Let's come and let's seek and offer ourselves as an oblation. Hoping, believing that little by little we might see the holy. We might see the fire and the chalice. We might weep. We might see God. We might touch him and taste him. The glorified and crucified Lord of heaven and earth is here with us today. Not just in a disembodied spiritual manner while he is that through the gift of the spirit. But he is here bodily. And we shall take him into ourselves. We shall eat his flesh and drink his blood. And we do not even realize what we do. God, give us a sense of his holiness, his presence. Help us to be present here, to be aware, to see with eyes of faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.